0: Well, hello everyone. Welcome to The Roots of the Money Tree podcast. I'm Ryan Anderson and I have Colby Gilmore here with me. Hey yo. Good to see you Houston How too. How's Nashville? It's going great. Yeah, we had a great smooth move
1: for those of you that want to take a nice road trip across the country on, on the 40 or as as I've been told now out here it's you, you got to drop the the before interstate, so 40. <laughs> Good road trip. A little guilty though if you watch cars right after right? Because then you see all the little towns that were <laughs> were uh, pretty much destroyed by that. And definitely saw that even when you like drive through Winslow, Arizona. And, you know, they still got the Eagles a statue there, but there's not much else going on. So we did watch cars when we got back and we thought, oh, <laughs> but anyways, good smooth trip. We're happy to be here. It's, it's a fun place to be.
0: RIP Route 66. Well, today is going to be a little bit of a pivot for us. What we've been talking about in our previous four episodes is what to do. We've talked about defining your why, knowing where you are, setting your goals, and where to focus. But today, we're going to focus on what not to do, what you can tune out. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we've always talked about, right,
1: so much of financial success or, or do, you know accomplishing your goals as behavior. Mm-hmm. right? Uh, you can know all these things, you can set the, the whole plan. But if you can't implement it and catch your behaviors, you can blow it all up. And uh, I think the biggest thing is knowing what to tune out and what you shouldn't be doing. Because yeah. um, even if you do everything right, right, you could be athlete training as perfect as possible. But then you're doing you're eating some kind of crazy burger every night uh, from <laughs> McDonald's or no offense, <laughs> McDonald's, or doing some kind of hardcore drug, it's going to blow up, right? So <laughs>
0: And there's a lot of noise on your financial journey that could blow things up, that will get in the way, throw you off track, could be a pitfall for you. Today, we're going to get into some of those. Starting off, number one thing to avoid, marketing and emotions around money. We all need to acknowledge that there are a lot of influences out there, both external and internal inside of us that are trying to divert your money from its best use to a lesser use. And external forces would be marketing departments, salespeople, etc. There's a whole industry, the marketing industry in the US, that their sole job is to separate your money from your pocket. They want you to spend money on what they want you to spend money on, not what might be best for you. Where are you telling me commercials aren't aren't actually making my life better?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's some funny ones out there, but I don't know. (laughs) That's true. I I remember when you take your first like marketing class in college and all of a sudden that light bulb goes on where you go, wait, so all those commercials that, that didn't mean they were the best of what they did. They just paid the most.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think the, I saw this, our kids don't really know what commercials are because they don't watch TV. They watch like uh, YouTube or Netflix or something like that. And so every now and then on YouTube, a commercial will pop up and it's just a, such a disruption to them it's like what is this where is my show <laughs> and I feel like that's a good thing that they're right. seeing less and less commercials it used to be by the time a kid was 10 he would have seen like 200,000 commercials okay. uh, they in a kind of our era of growing up with the TV' just crazy we're never gonna have those good old jingles to sing together
1: uh, anymore <laughs> I know right. this is outside of our sphere but I wonder how much more um, marketing's being done inside of the the shows now that you don't have all these commercials. Mm, Yeah,
0: I'm sure a lot. It's more subtle, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Those are some of the big external focuses. And some of the internal focuses, like we've talked about before, money can act as a crutch to the legitimate emotional needs that we all have. So the needs of acceptance and comfort and attention. We can use money to fill those needs temporarily but it's probably not the best use of our money. So letting our emotions dictate what to do um, in this area with your money is probably not best. The marketers, right. They're, they're going to pry on our emotions of either, you know, fear,
1: right. That's you want, you want you scared. So you need something mm-hmm. greed. Hey, you need this newest car, right. You got to be that guy mm-hmm. or pride, right. <laughs> There's that pride side, but that's also the same exact thing we can do in our ourselves, right. On on. I mean, it's not, might not, not even be that commercial, but it's just that, oh, I really, I need this. You know, yeah. I, I really want that rather, well, it's that want versus need, right? It's always typically a want. Yeah. I still want my hot tub, Ryan. And there's no, there's no commercial <laughs> for a hot tub that, that's telling me that, but that's my own,
0: my own emotion there that I have to, I have to. That's a good point. It's been know, a while since I've seen an ad for a hot tub. <laughs> We need to be able to tune out the marketing. We need to tune out the voice in our own mind saying to use money for our emotional needs to fill that void um, that should be filled by meeting that need legitimately, whether that's another person, that's through your faith, that's through some sense of fulfillment. And we need to start using our money intentionally for the things that it was made for, for what our plan tells us to do with it.
1: Right, it's that uh, uh, Roots of the Money Tree process, right? If we could go back down to our roots of, hey, what are, what are my convictions again? Mm-hmm. What are my actual goals and principles of how I want to live my life, handle my money? Then you can better decipher those commercials. You can sit there watching them with fun or seeing the marketers, but then actually see what's going on and going, well, that doesn't, that doesn't follow my roots. let that, yeah. that, that's keep that away from my soil. Um, and, and then you can actually have fun with it and you don't have to feel like you're being manipulated, but you'll also know, right? Hey, I'm sticking on track. And when I start to feel that creeping in, I can go, no, this is back where
0: my roots are. And that's where I want to stay. Mm-hmm. One thing that we that we have done with our kids when we do see commercials, whether that's on YouTube, like we talked about, or like the one time a year we watch the Super Bowl or something <laughs> and see commercials there, <laughs> right. is we try and, um, I've had conversations with both my boys and we try and I try to have them figure out, Hey, what it what are they trying to get you to buy in this commercial? And then do we need that? No. And the answer is pretty much always no. Right. Yeah. That, that's a good
1: point. Yeah. If you just do that in yourself, it's kind of, um, I'm going to take it out of context, but, uh, John, the author, John Eldridge has a new book
0: called, uh,
1: uh, get your life back and barely started. But he, he talks about this thing of a one minute pause, right? When you're, you're in life and you have all this noise and anxiety of just having that one minute to stop, give it all to Lord and just kind of just breathe, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, or I don't know if anyone remembers the TV show Lost, but Jack Shepard, like, he would always be like, all right, when you get completely scared, right? You just count to 10 or count down from mm-hmm. 10. Um, but the same thing for money, right? When you want to instantly do that, what if you just took a one minute second to pause, reflect? might, like you said, like your kids
0: probably end up not making that decision. That's a great point. And that's useful in so many areas of life. <laughs> it keeps you from saying something you don't want to say. It keeps you from being scared. So that's yeah. that's good. good advice, Jack. <laughs> thanks, yeah, thanks, Jack. Yeah.
1: But yeah, especially on that goal part of it, right, is, I mean, we personally, like our life, obviously we wanted to buy a house. I and mean, that's been a process for a few, several years and we also love live music. So we had to start balancing, hey, when do we go see movies or sorry, not movies, uh, go see a concert versus saving that for a house. And Mm -hmm. we actually had a lot of great shows lined up in 2020. Um, Yeah, we're (laughs) we're big country fans. So there's Stagecoach out in in uh, California we were going to go to, which ends up getting pretty pricey. And there's Tyler Childers concerts, all these things where they all they all ended up getting postponed. But then there came the point where they go, you know, because they want to keep your money is, hey, well, you know, we'll sign you up for next year's. And we, we had to sit there going, man, that would, we really want to see that, but now we're so focused on this home, let's just take the refund, right? And we're gonna we're gonna forget that opportunity mm-hmm. um, to see that. But it was going back to our goal was, yeah, we, we'll eventually be able to see those again,
0: but right now we want to s- stay on this goal rather than kicking it down the line. Yeah, that's perfect. That kind of goes together with the concept of essentialism that we talked about before. Spend time figuring out what you value what that goal is, What what's the most important goal. So for you, it's buying a house, and then you build a framework to enable you to intentionally focus on those things and say no to the emotional whims that you have or the marketing influences out there. So it's really focusing on that goal, thinking through your roots, your convictions, and letting your behavior be shaped by that. And I like, uh, there's a good verse I've been doing a little memory verse
1: with a group and I think it applies when we kind of look at how marketers do stuff how even as we come transition here in a second to talk about social media Mm -hmm. is this thing of you know keep deception and lies far from me give me neither poverty nor riches feed me with the food that is my portion right Mm. it's just that if you can just find contentment and just be happy with what you got right and just get rid of all those deceptions out there you're gonna be all right yeah (laughs) I think that's
0: a true proverb that's such a good one let's talk about social media for a little bit. Social media has given us a window into more people's lives than we've ever had before. But problems are, one, it's not really somebody's real life. It's a just the absolute best version. So you don't really know the condition of the person. And two, it makes us feel like we should have all those things that we see. Not only our friends or our acquaintances or other people in our same level of uh, same stage of life that we're looking at and judging ourselves against. But social media also enables you to look into a celebrity's life, into a celebrity's closet and then think, oh, you know, what? I think I should have that, too. And (laughs) it's just a it's just a dark road. It's a it can be a vicious spiral.
1: Right. And I think even uh, apart from a celebrity is our, you know, our friends and families become kind of a celebrity in the social media aspect of we're seeing into their lives and their everyday action of spending Mm -hmm. often. Hey, here's this newest vacation. We just went on. Here's this newest car we just got. And I think that could even drive a little bit of, of the uh, comparison game a little bit way uh, faster than just that old typical commercial of a nobody trying to sell you a product where it goes, well, Oh, well, well, Hey, my brother's got that. I think I want one too, or mm-hmm. oh, I can't, oh, they got a vacation and we deserve a vacation. Let's go yeah. to Cancun too. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just that like instant gratification because we want to be like our friends and family. Um, yeah.
0: If you think about what our sphere of influence used to be. So it used to be just the people in your immediate circle. So your friends, your family, your coworkers, those would really be the only people that could see your life, and they could see what kind of car you had, they could see what you were what kind of clothes you were wearing. And so it used to be maybe your sphere of influence was maybe 10 to 15 people that would have some sort of opinion on your life. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so with social media, you're just opening yourself up to hundreds, if not thousands, of opinions, which can yeah be really hard.
1: Yeah. And and it, it got to a point uh, where you'd even see some friendships like we would budget things in, right? We budget in things that mattered most to us. And like I said earlier, some of that was concerts and where you would get a couple of those people friends that'd be like how do you how are you able to do that like i wish we had enough money to do stuff like that when we yeah. were going we're like well no we were you know budgeting for it maybe we even look at the we weren't getting the best seats but all of a sudden you go oh wait that's one person seeing that and it kind of makes you reflect and go huh so now my life's on display and like if that's just mm-hmm. how they're taking it how's everyone else taking it i mm-hmm. i was thinking it was a fun uh
0: showcase but you know. yeah people don't see under the waterline on the iceberg of what it took for y'all to make those concerts happen.
1: Yeah. Now, how do you view your social media life and not let it?
0: Yeah. So I do, I do have an Instagram and about a year ago I transitioned it. So I tried to make it a positive influence in my life. I tried to follow people that had business ideas that had financial planning ideas that had, that really were motivational or inspiring to me. And it's been really helpful. I think I've learned a lot from a lot of people. But last week, I noticed that even though I've tried to shape it to something that's really helpful for me, I I started feeling this feeling last week, and it took me a while to define it. But there's this one specific business coach that I was following and I would realize I just had so much envy for his life. So he's a, he's a business coach that is a big proponent of being a digital nomad and traveling around the world, being your own boss. And so he's posting these beautiful pictures with his family. And um, I just really wanted it. I just wanted to be where he was doing what he was doing. And it kept on getting worse because I was like, I saw that he was like posting from all those places like, oh, well. I mean, he's probably not married. And then he has, I saw a picture of like beautiful wife. I was like, oh, well, he probably can't take his kids around everywhere with him. (laughs) And then he has like all these incredible pictures of his two kids that he takes to all these amazing places. So it's really easy to, even with trying to use Instagram really intentionally, to have that envy sneak in or that desire to have other things sneak in. So it was just a good reminder last week for myself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there's, I guess there's nothing horribly wrong with it. Uh, and that we don't have to get into like the uh, social dilemma stuff, but yeah, <laughs> we also have the whole side of, Oh, this is all public. Yeah. <laughs> this is stored data.
0: Yeah, that's right. But that's apart from the money decision. Yeah. So we need to be really intentional with whether we have social media. If, so if we do have it, I think we just really need to define why we have it and what we're using it for. Uh, but also, even even if you use it for really good intentions, just be careful because it's really easy to lose track and get sucked in.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my, my wife and I ended up doing a little bit of a social media experiment, um, probably more for us than anything bigger, because, you know, on my Instagram, there's probably 15 people following me. Uh, you know, <laughs> I wasn't that big of a <laughs> influencer here, but just really of quitting and we, we got off of it and um, everything um, other than i guess i have a linkedin out there but a lot of it was one you end up spending so much time on it and i remember it just be like it could be even at like work or something like that where i'm waiting for a file to download mm-hmm. and i was like okay a couple of seconds all of a sudden there's like oh wait the file downloaded like 5 minutes ago yeah. so i'm like okay i'm wasting time <laughs> yeah uh it hurt my arm hurt my eyes yeah <laughs> getting old uh but you know, another one was just that idea of you're posting everything in life it's cool it's like you know your live scrapbook and rather than having to keep it around mm-hmm. the coffee room table but you would get to like we'd have these experiences you get to hang out with friends and it was like you had nothing to share or talk about because it's like they saw everything it wasn't mm-hmm. like what's new it's like oh i saw everything you did And we felt like we shouldn't have more superficial relationships so much so that it was like, you're not really actually having a relationship. It's just a social relationship uh, or a social, sorry, media relationship. And so we got rid of it. We felt better. Um, And you do notice quickly how much things are influencing you, where it's like, we don't have to like do these, go out to these experiences or feel like we have to, just because Mm -hmm. we were seeing everyone else constantly doing it. Yeah. Um, So I think that that we got that kind of um, pressure off of us got some time back of more authenticity with relationships. And the other thing that really annoyed me was there was getting so many multi-level marketers. Whereas like you get all these old friends from like childhood or college. and (laughs) Hey, how's it going? And you're like, you you start the conversation instantly. Like you got to buy this product. Uh, And it's like, Oh, okay. Well, that's really funny. (laughs) I I wasn't expecting that. This wasn't a real friendship. Okay. (laughs) Um, But right. That's another way to quickly uh, try to, Use that emotion to get someone that you kind of knew at some point to buy something. And then, you know, you could even get that where I, you know, had friends that go like, oh, well, yeah, I'm supporting them because, you know, they're my friend. It's like, but you didn't need to necessarily be buying that, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So social media, just encourage you to be intentional with it, be careful with it. Um, But most of all, we need to keep our eyes on our own situation and no one else's. So think through your goals, your convictions, your place in life right now what you need to get accomplished today and then just kind of go one day at a time focusing on on your own Mm -hmm. because focusing on someone else's life and their plan and their goals it will just kind of mess you up with yours
1: yeah that's a good point don't look at anyone else's money tree it's just your own (laughs) that's right (laughs) but a lot of it you don't even know it's going under the soil i know uh one of randy alcorn's recent books giving is the good life he he does a whole expose on um, Owen Wilson, right? We all love him as an actor and a comedian, but the whole comparison of a guy that was at the top of his career and then tried to commit suicide. And just that you had this whole thing from the outside that looked great. We all wanted to be him. He was, you know, amazing influence, um, but yet had something dying inside of him. And the whole aspect that like, right, it doesn't mean money and fame will actually, what appearances are, of um, that maybe from a money tree perspective, it could be blooming and looking really attractive, but it's mm-hmm. dead underneath mm-hmm. uh, and it's about to fall over. Mm. Um, so that's why focus on your convictions, focus on some strong ones that carry through time. I like that. Now, oh, apart from social media, there's this thing that I'm sure goes back to the beginning of time. And uh, I think we all like it and we all probably get excited about too often the idea of getting rich quick
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it sounds great to me (laughs) (laughs) it's great right (laughs) it really is like the most appealing thing out there for probably every person in the world just the idea of that happening is just like um, it's intoxicating kind of yeah and it's I guess there's nothing it's not
1: necessarily wrong it's just it kind of leads you into so many pains and traps and dangers mm-hmm. along
0: the way but it's that i mean it's that kind of desire to have everything you want now mm-hmm. and i think it's it leads to a lot of time being wasted too of visualizing all the different potential futures and outcomes out there if if this just works out then i'll do this and this and this and this and this, and this instead of focusing on what again what we need to do today yeah and i mean all the studies
1: you could see of lottery winners right of like, would your life really be much better if you just inherited, like, had a windfall of multi multiples of millions of dollars tomorrow? Like, for maybe a few weeks, right? You're gonna really enjoy it, uh, mm-hmm. and then it might fade. And I think every almost every lottery winner you see out there, it's how did they blow through it so fast, right? And it's yeah. just that most of us, or I think we've said this before, is. Most of us that say we want to be millionaires, it's actually we want to spend a million dollars. It doesn't mean yeah. we want to actually be millionaires. And those that become millionaires is
0: because they didn't spend their millions of dollars, right? Yeah, that's right. And even, I think we talked about this before, but if you look at like, the wealthiest people throughout history, they pretty universally all say, my life was better before this. Yeah. But we still mm. fantasize and visualize that happening to us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I still really enjoy my life. I have a great marriage, but we do sometimes always reflect on the, you know, those first years of marriage when you're like, yeah, no money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got married while we were in college and, but like how much fun we had of just like it was sitting on the floor eating spaghetti. Yeah, uh, <laughs> It wasn't going out to like any kind of fancy thing at all, but we have, we're having so much fun just being with each other or doing as many free things as you could. Cause you could max out everything rather than like, all right, here's a couple hundred bucks for this amazing dinner or vacation or yeah new tv but i remember we didn't have a tv for a while we just watched off the of laptop uh, yeah. <laughs> and prop it up at the side of the bed
0: <laughs>
1: good old days good old days but <laughs> i think there's like on that concept like if we go from some you know biblical perspectives on it is that there's just so many uh cautions to wanting to get mm-hmm. rich quick or, or kind of this idea of wanting to love money and pursue it uh, like you know i know in in timothy uh first timothy it says you know but those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction and i think we could compare that to anyone nowadays that's fought for that right where you just you might actually make it and get the money but how Mm -hmm. many people do you leave dead and bloody along the way how many marriages do you go through how Mm -hmm. you know losing your children and i know uh um, we've probably quoted it before but uh j paul getty's thing where you know one of the wealthiest guys um would say he he would give away all of his money just for one successful marriage and i think he was married like five
0: times right Mm -hmm. that's interesting because it doesn't even say those who want to get rich quickly fall into temptation Mm -hmm. it's just those who want to get rich fall into temptation which is so interesting and it goes with the verse where jesus says you can't serve god and money Mm -hmm. where it's just impossible so if your desire in life is to get rich then it makes it easy to fall into temptation and um, plunge men into ruin and destruction and, and walk away from the faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and not to quote more
1: billionaires, but like I've always enjoyed <laughs> Sam Walton, right? I uh-huh. created Walmart and his thing, he always just said, the only thing that money did was make my life more difficult. Yeah, And he was one of those guys like a Warren Buffett where he, he had the same truck he bought. Mm-hmm. He never changes like a 1970 truck. He had the same house he lived in. And he lived a life just like, you know, he wanted to live a life like the people that were work shopping at his stores. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he also got it that there it is just more complex material to your life. I like another proverb that's, you know, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and turmoil with it. And I'd say that probably we've, we've seen that from you know, people we've we've either worked with or mm-hmm. we've seen through the stories of great wealth adds great responsibility and it can add a lot of turmoil
0: and stress uh, with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially a lot of family turmoil. So there's a lot of hard family relationships. Uh, once you, especially once you get to a certain level of wealth, it's very hard to have a, a family where everyone's on the same page, where everyone is getting along even. So it seems like in almost every super wealthy family, there's at least a relationship that's fractured, which again, just is not worth it.
1: But it's easy for us, right? To say, hey, oh, we don't want to be rich because it's going to cause all those issues, right? Uh-huh. But I think you can, right? We, we could slowly grow our wealth. And I like the like Proverbs 13, 11 that talks, it mentions um, that like wealth obtained by fraud will dwindle, but those that gather little by little will grow it.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's the thing
1: is you can grow your wealth and be wealthy and do it really wise and not have to do, charge after everything else in life. Um, to get it and to give up everything. Um, and it kind of makes me think, you know, because it starts with that verse with, you know, what, what's gathered from fraud um, will dwindle. And I instantly go, oh, Bernie Madoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he probably made most of his money before his, his, his fraud uh, incident. Um, but he was a guy that had everything, right? He kind of created the NASDAQ. Mm-hmm. He had a whole family and they were working with him. And yet he had something in him that wanted to do something worse, uh, mm-hmm. And then he lost everything. Like, I got there's an HBO movie on it. And he literally like he lost some of his kids that died of illnesses. He lost his wife, he's locked up, like he lost everything. And mm-hmm. I think that's the exact thing to say is that yeah, if you I mean, in almost every fraud story you hear, they end up losing almost everything. Um so, I mean, I, I liked, uh, I forget his name now, but it's the movie, um, The Informant with Matt Damon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, that, the true story on that, that guy, he always goes, well, Hollywood ended where my life actually started because right, mm-hmm. he, ch- he lost everything through the fraud. But then being in prison, Chuck Colson started coming to him. He became a Christian and that's where his life changed and he actually mm-hmm. had a real life to go. So I think you could lose everything right, but then actually find what's true life. Interesting. Um, I didn't know that. But yeah, so get rich quick, easy way to do it's fraud. Uh, yeah. you most likely lose everything. Like we said before, you can also sell drugs, uh, yeah. and uh, that you know that will go as long as as it can. Um, but yeah. another good TV examples, right? Sorry, I'm on a rant. But no, go for it. Uh, Ozarks, right? Uh, anyone watch Ozarks? I can't say you should watch any of these shows. I'm not saying I watch any of these shows, but another show on, I mean, it's laundering money for for the cartels, but how dangerous it instantly goes where your whole family's in danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could look at, I mean, there's other HBO shows on, um, on wealth, great wealth and just how constantly there's so much danger from, I mean, if you're doing it in a bad way, it's never going to go well. Uh, if you yeah. do it in a good way, you'll probably be safe and okay. Yeah. So
0: little by little, one step at a time, you don't need to hit a home run. You can do the right thing and keep on doing it consistently. Like we've talked about, spend less than you earn, invest your margin and do it for a long time and enjoy the ride right
1: yeah. it's since we're on rants with tv shows here and movies <laughs> uh is recently watched the movie click with adam sandler and just this whole thing of like you want to just accelerate your life to get to the point where it's easy right he wants to fast forward the bad things mm-hmm. so, so he can get to where once wants to enjoy but then he ends up missing on everything in life right because you have to go through the struggles in life to enjoy the good things uh, but it, it made me really think of, yeah. Like if you're really just thinking, I, I just, I just have to get this project done to get this promotion, to get this money, whatever it might be this deal. And so quickly you can get through life. And like the end of it, I think it's such a good reflection when he's dying and he's old and he's sitting there and just regretting his whole life, wishing he had been there to watch dragon tales with his daughter. Mm. And I think you should put everyone's life in that. Like when you're starting to work those busy hours or you're chasing after something to have that one minute pause and go, is this what is going to be worth it? Mm -hmm. um i've even had this kind of weird thought but but uh it is some days where i I like to get up really early and get to work but parts of my life where i go you know do i necessarily have to today or am i going to later in my life wish i had stayed um in bed with my wife for a little bit longer um because i can't get that time back eventually that's true that's a great point life lessons from click i love it (laughs) it's it's a good movie I'm going to make my um, binge watching uh, matter now, uh, applying <laughs> it to, to money. Um, but no, apart from getting rich quick, I think there's, there's just, I mean, it's everything we've been talking about here, but it's just understanding how do, where do we get our knowledge from and, how, mm-hmm. and kind of that knowledge versus wisdom discussion? Cause it's like, how do we get information when we live in the information age, everything's thrown at us. We, there's noise everywhere. And so much of it is is flawed or wrong, and we might even—it's easy for us to grab information that fits what we want, but it's harming us, right? It's leading us down a slope of, of uh, you know fake knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know, how would you describe kind of that balance of, of knowledge versus wisdom, especially around information?
0: Yeah, there's like you said, there's so much information out there. Supposedly, the amount of knowledge in one newspaper today is equal to all of the reading that somebody would have done in their entire life in like the 1800s, like the average person. Like there's so much information that we're exposed to on a daily basis. And it's really important to be able to isolate the sources and make sure that what you're intaking, like you said, is wisdom and not just knowledge. The, uh, Tim Ferriss in his book, Four Hour Work Week talks about going on an information diet And his is a little extreme, but he just cut out pretty much everything, like all sources of news, all nonfiction reading, and just to see what would happen, see what what his mind would do without all those stimulants. Mm -hmm. And what we would recommend is similar to essentialism, determine the specific sources of knowledge. So the Bible obviously is our perspective and then other pieces that, you know, are wisdom, they're timeless, they're not going to change based on trends and try and isolate what you're intaking specifically to those sources.
1: Knowledge is great, but wisdom is the application of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So it's really de- determining back to your convictions of how do you determine what, what's wise and then how you de- do you decipher your, your information you receive And it could even be determining who's the right places and the people that you actually feel the most trust towards. And I'll tell you, it's none of those major news networks, right? If I pull (laughs) up my phone right now and look at every headline from Fox, CNN, CNBC, whatever, Bloomberg, I'm going to be completely lost (laughs) because I'm going to be given a lot of random information on random things that I really don't have any application of or knowledge I guess wisdom to decipher. I'm just taking, oh, I guess that's what's going on. And how many times have you read a headline and go like, I've done this to my wife. Hey, so this just happened. Yeah. <laughs> only to realize the next day that was a false story. Yeah. And then suddenly I go, wow, I wish I hadn't read that and then repeated it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it makes you feel foolish. Um, yeah. But it, it's for me, like I had to decipher who's the people I really trust. And then I'm going to listen to them on certain items. And it doesn't mean I'm just going to fall on aimlessly. I got to decipher it myself. But to really limit that kind of sphere um, so that I'm not overwhelmed. I, I know a, there's a, a author and pastor, John Piper, that once gave a speech that he's like, if we knew everything that happened in the world, we would be throwing up all day long. Yeah. And there's a reason that God doesn't <laughs> allow us to do that, right? Just That's there's true. so much horrible things going on. However, though, we get a lot of that today, right? Before you, I mean, I'm, I mean, during, I'm sure like World War II, you, you got like a nightly recap, but you didn't know what was really going on. Nobody was sharing that. And now we could see everything from like genocide videos to mm-hmm. the craziest stuff. And, and it, 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 I think it just makes us sick. Um, so, I mean, be able to decipher what you need
0: to know, uh, especially around finances. Yeah, there's a, it reminds me of a Mark Twain quote where he says, if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do, you're misinformed. Oh, <laughs> yeah, where it's just so hard to know what's not only what is relevant to your life, but what's true and what's real. So it's, it's tough. I feel like it's getting tougher and tougher. Yeah, it is. I, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. Do you have key um,
1: places you go for information?
0: I get a email every morning with a recap of the biggest things happening in the world. And so it's, it tries to be as unbiased as possible. Just of here's what's happening. It's like, three or four things every day and it gives you links that you can click on to get more information but that's pretty much the the only spot that or that's the only source of information i have right now for news Mm. good good I know, like, I, I probably stick too much
1: to economics and, and, and finance, but I like go to Michael Kids's. I was like, that's my yeah. information <laughs> diagnosis is how does this apply to, to finances and to economics? But I do say I do have places I trust, like my alma mater, Biola, has always a great deep dive in there. Um, I think it's the Good Book blog or anything in the Gospel Coalition, places that try to take modern day stuff and decipher it into a, mm-hmm. a biblical approach. Um but uh, I think one, I've always liked this one. I think I sometimes say it as a joke, um, especially like if it's in areas like, like uh, a deep tax knowledge or legal thing, but it's the Psalm that's uh, Oh Lord, my heart is not proud nor my eyes haughty, nor do I involve myself in great matters or in things too difficult for me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or really just, that's
1: the cop-out that's like, if this is stuff I shouldn't need to get into, Lord, don't let me get into it. Like if it's a hey, why is my body hurting here? Um, I have no answer. I don't even know anatomy very well. I don't know biology very well. Uh, So I'm not going to just jump into it like, well, it's probably a rib out of place. Uh, Even though it's always my cop out, it is always a rib out of place. (laughs) That's really funny. Anyways, but I don't know, just I think, yeah, recapping it, right, is when we go through all these things about what not to do, Um, and what to keep out is there's always the world, right? Mm -hmm. And the world's always going to tell you something. And typically conventional knowledge around the world isn't right. Um, Even though the herd might be following it, but then you can get your your, your other information from, you know, the Bible or uh, the the word of God, or from your convictions that you kind of develop around how you build yourself. Um, I've sometimes heard people talk about this or even told people to do this is kind of build your own board of directors right in mm-hmm. your life who are these kind of key people to influence you That's that good. could be um accountability partner it could be a mentor it could be a financial advisor a spiritual advisor maybe I i don't know even a counselor a psychologist but people that you can trust that you can bounce those ideas off that they can keep you in check so that you don't follow you know down a slippery slope of you know misinformation um and you know harming your your money tree as you go through your life right
0: yeah and that's actually similar to something that michael blue said last week which was when he his biggest advice to somebody who was thinking who was impacted by his book and they were thinking to start down a different path he said to surround yourselves surround yourself with people who are who are going to be on that path with you Mm. similar advice and I, I, i thought that was really impactful when he said that No, that's such a good point.
1: Yeah. Kind of reminds you of like when you're in college and you start surrounding yourself with like those certain kinds of people where you guys, you get to have those um, intellectual discussions, but you're Mm -hmm. you're enjoying the same thing and you're feeling each other. Um, But you can get lost, right. If you don't build in those relationships
0: going forward. Yeah. and There's always the saying out there that you are going to turn into the five closest people in your life. Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest effect on, who you are today and who you're going to be in 10 years. Good. All right. Well, let's tune it out and let's stay the course. So what do we got? Uh, what, what, what do we got to talk about in the future? So next week we are going to talk about relationships. So many in relationships. And this is a really, really important one because it's not natural for you to be able to have a really good money relationship with somebody so we're going to mostly be talking about it in the the context of a spouse but we'll also hit on just other areas but really important if you're married if you're in a relationship to think through how you're relating to your spouse and how to do that in a healthy way yeah i'm
1: really excited for i think it might be one of the most important things right you could do everything else right but if you can't communicate it right uh you're gonna fail Uh, especially in your marriage and around financial conversation. So I'm passionate about it. Uh, And I think we might even have a special guest that's pretty knowledgeable around communication and psychology of marriages. So um, hopefully we can we can have them or him join. Looking forward to it all right well as ever it's always good talking with you ryan and uh our listener out there uh feel free to um to pass along our our podcast if they're any good you can check us out on rootsthemoneytree.com or i think you can watch us on spotify right ryan yep that's
0: right at least listen
1: and uh, now that we've talked so much about TV and movies, uh, maybe we'll get some some financial lessons uh, from 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 Hollywood. We can start blogging about that.
0: I like it. Let's put it up. All right. All right. Well, talk to you next time, Colby. All right. Goodbye.